0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. (laughs) Mikey likes you. Best fucking podcast in the world. If you're a boy or you're a girl, it's Mikey Likes You. Mikey likes you. Drink my goo. Oh, hello, everybody. Episode number three. (laughs) Uh, We have a great guest today, The Aligned Method's Aaron Alexander. His new book is The Aligned Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body. Uh, I'd like to get started with some things that have been burning a hole in my brain. Uh, I like to talk about stuff that I think you want to hear about. And of course, fat loss is one of those things. I assume everybody is interested in real fat loss. Um, and there is a difference. This is important. This is an important take home message. And I didn't always get this, um, There was a time and a place where I didn't necessarily understand this too well. So that's why I'm really – I don't know. uh, It it means a lot to me to kind of maybe impart this message on people because I started to see such better results um, once I really got this through my stupid skull. Fat loss, different than weight loss. Obviously, the two share some common characteristics. But fat loss is what you want to do because weight loss will oftentimes make you look like a smaller version of shitty Um, And that's not what we want. The hybrid method, hybrid performance method, I highly encourage everybody, even if you're not a high-level lifter, the hybrid performance method puts out great, great, great information. Uh, Steffi Cohen and Hayden over there at the hybrid method, I think they're out in Florida. They have such good, bankable, real information about diet, nutrition, performance I I can't recommend them enough, and they sent over an email about the four biggest fat loss influencers. These are things that influence your ability to lose fat. And I oftentimes think that people overlook these actual influencers to fat loss. You think it's all like, hey, man, I'm just going to watch my diet. I'm going to work out. Everything will be okay, right? No, there's things that greatly influence your fat loss ability and your adherence to diet, and uh, here here they are. And uh, I think this is a great article. Again, it got it from the Hybrid Performance Method. Number one, stress, okay? If you had a rough day at work, school, whatever it is, personal stuff, your wife and you, you're not getting along, it has a tremendous effect on your decision-making when it comes to food, okay? Food has long been a stress release Mechanism for a lot of us. But that relief, that release is only temporary. Um, it's not long before you start feeling guilty, right? And disappointed for the things that you've done when it comes to food. You overeat to make yourself feel better in the moment, but you feel awful in the long run. That's why stress management is vital, vital to your actual fat loss. I mean it. It really is crucial. The number two thing is as crucial as anything, sleep, sleep. I can't tell you how many people, myself included, are willing to diet nonstop, are willing to train like a maniac. And then I get four or five hours of sleep because I'm up at night doing Netflix and the fucking phone and blah, 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 blah. My wife and I, Bianca Kylik, I love her. We made a commitment this year, beginning of 2020, no more phones in the bedroom, period. Okay. We do our phone throughout the day, blah, 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 blah. But as soon as we put our daughter down around eight o'clock at night, the phones go in the living room and we have alarm clocks. We bought each other alarm clocks on each of our mutual sides of the bed. And my sleep has gotten better, so much better. In the last three weeks of doing this, I have gained three pounds and I've gotten leaner. All from getting solid eight, nine hours of sleep every single night. And you can do it too. Every single sleep expert I've ever talked to has told me, don't look at your phone before bed. It really has a big influence on it. And I was like, eh, fuck off. Yeah. Instagram here, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I stopped. It worked. I am much more in control of my cravings. I am much more in control of how food tastes. That's not That's not a joke. Your food reward system, your perception of food reward is different if you're getting a solid good night's sleep. So I really highly encourage you, take the phones out of the bedroom, get an alarm clock so you can still wake yourself up, no phone, half hour to an hour before bed. Environment, number three, cookies on display in your kitchen, you're making mac and cheese for your kids, uh, you got a coworker who is always bringing in fucking donuts, yes, you won't, listen, willpower is a limited resource, it's not something to rely on when it comes to diet. Okay? Willpower really is not – it's not a great thing to rely on. I learned that from recovery. You, know, you can't white-knuckle your way to being you know, not a drinker. If you're an alcoholic, you can't just white-knuckle it. Willpower is only going to take you so far. You have to change your relationship with alcohol and drugs, and I really do think the same thing goes for food. You've got to completely rearrange your environment, okay? You really do only have a limited amount of willpower, so try your best to not – Tempt yourself. I mean, it only makes sense. And then, of course, appetite. As you progress in your fast fat loss diet, you will experience an increase in appetite. Know that going in. There's a number of factors, but a lot of it is hormonal, okay? Leptin, which controls your appetite. Ghrelin, which increases your appetite. These things go all aflutter if you maintain a caloric deficit for a long enough time. <sighs> so... Go into it understanding that you're going to get hungry. There's going to be a a, a, a small amount of discomfort in losing fat. Appetite is an issue. But if you're getting more sleep and you opt for foods that are high in fiber and high in protein and drink a ton of water, you can negate a lot of that. OK, so really cram the lean protein and fiber. A lot of green leafy vegetables for me. I, I, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people don't really do well with beans. Beans help me because they're not only high in fiber, they're also high in protein. So I get a little beefy, a little beef up in my protein intake when I combine beans with, you know, whatever meat I'm eating. Um, and then uh, zucchinis and broccoli and cauliflower and carrots and all these. Things. And, you know, they really do help. And then drink a shit ton of water. It really does help too. So those are the big four factors when it comes to fat loss. Again, thank you to the hybrid method and all the good people over there. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. <clears throat> is it bullshit? Um, Is it bullshit today? Creatine. So much talk about creatine. Creatine, 100% not bullshit. Creatine actually works. It's one of the very few supplements I would recommend to you recommend to anyone. It's not just for meatheads. Creatine is a fantastic substance um, that can not only work as a nootropic. That's right. It has been shown conclusively with ample scientific proof that it works to increase your brain function. It is also uh, protective of the brain as we age. There's really no reason not to be supplementing with creatine, even if you don't want to get bigger and stronger. Endurance athletes, you think it's just for strength athletes? No, no, no. A lot, again, of ample, conclusive scientific proof showing that you can get benefit from creatine uh, with with uh, endurance sports as well as with strength sports. And then, of course, with the strength sports, you're looking at two to three more reps, which is way considerable. I mean, it's really considerable at increasing your output, to get three or you know two or three more reps on something, um, and it, you know I, I think they've they've definitely seen a, a, you know eleven percent increase in in strength overall. Um, what do they call it? Di- not dynamic strength. Uh, overall absolute strength. Your ability to do a one rep maximum. Um, so creatine, I definitely recommend it. It's healthy. It's actually healthy. It's not going to – there's zero proof that it harms your kidneys or anything. In fact, it can uh, it can be protective and and uh, positive for a lot of your internal functions. So creatine, get creatine monohydrate. Don't waste your money on any of these fancy schmancy creatines with the crayoglucate, blah, 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 super pump, 96,000. Creatine monohydrate, make sure it has the CreaPure. Krea pure, C-R-E-A-P-U-R-E, sign on it, label on it, because that means it comes from Germany. It is German Krea pure creatine. Um, long story short, the bulk products when you make supplements can come from all over the world. A lot of the stuff comes from China. It's cheaper, but you have no accountability for it. If you have the Krea pure sign label on it, it means that it is bankable, real deal Creatine monohydrate that is absorbable by the human body, and you're not getting fillers and you're not getting stuff cut, you know, cutting it. So, take your creatine. You don't need to do a loading phase like the old days, they, they used to tell you five, six grams a day, every day. Get it in. Um, doesn't matter when. I know there's some studies that show like post workout helps. So, do it post workout, but if you want, honestly, it's not going to really matter in the long run. Just get it in five, six grams a day. Um, so, yeah, creatine. And then uh, what else do we have to hit today? We did It Is a Bullshit. We did my opening statements. We did – oh, how about <clears> – <throat> Mikey likes it. It's something I like. I'm recommending it to you. Mikey likes it. Uh, Mikey likes it. I recommend things to you every week. It is called Mikey likes it. This week, uh, getting back to the four factors of fat loss, stress being number two, excuse me, being number one, the biggest stress. Meditation. Now, I'm not going to just get here and say like, you got to meditate. What I'm saying is it's been instrumental in me getting a control over myself really having much more regulated moods, and it's helped with my depression tremendously. I know a lot of people have a hard time meditating. It isn't easy. Sometimes it's a hard practice to pick up. That's why I recommend Ziva meditation, Z-I-V-A. My wife and I both adopted it, and my my wife has been a long-time meditator. She's tried four or five different forms under different schools and teachings, and we both agree. Ziva meditation is unbelievable. Um, It's meditation really made for everyday people and I know that sounds funny but the person behind it, uh, Emily Fletcher, she is someone who has studied all over the world, studied in India and places, these these bastions of great meditation and she said, it's great these old school ideas on meditation. The problem is, is that those are made for monks. Those were designed for monks. Um, Ziva Meditation takes these tried and true practices that are designed for monks who are going to meditate for, you know, six hours a day, and it applies it to you and me, the everyday normal kind of Western world person. And she said, a lot of um, a lot of schools of meditation teach you how to be a better meditator. This is going to teach you how to be better at life, and I really do believe that uh, at Ziva Meditation on any kind of the social media aspects and then uh, Zivameditation.com, ziva meditation.com z i v a meditation.com is where you can find out more about it now it does cost it's a, you know it's a price uh, i can't remember off the top of my head how much it does cost but if you're not interested in you know purchasing the ziva online package which I, which is what i got she has a book and you know it's cheaper and it's called uh, stress less accomplish more and it is it gives you essentially the tenets of Ziva meditation, stress less, accomplish more, Emily Fletcher. Um, so, yeah, Mikey likes it. Today's Ziva meditation recommendation is for you. Booyaka. My guest today has a beautiful body. <laughs> From what I hear, he has pendulous balls. Just the left one. Just the left. Just the left. (laughs) He knows about alignment and how to live a healthier life. His name is Aaron. Aaron Alexander. My wife calls him sexy. So I gotta keep him away from her. Especially when she's drinking. So he doesn't put his cock in her. (laughs) Aaron Alexander, the new book is The Align Method. It's a method of alignment for your body. So listen up close. He's going to give you information. And that's all I got to say about that stuff suck 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 my balls suck my balls <laughs> woo hmm. ladies and gentlemen wow it is time to welcome our guest a man uh, who needs no introduction along the beach cities of southern california he's made <laughs> his way from all the way from ventura county down to S- seal beach just destroying vaginas everywhere <laughs> laying <laughs> laying waste to every Every woman he sees, like Genghis Kong, uh, uh, all kidding aside, no, his new book is The Align Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. He is my friend. He is Aaron Alexander. Woo! How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Thanks for doing this. Um, It it truly is my pleasure. Um, When I hear alignment, a lot of times, when I think of anything kind of based in Functional movement, postural stuff like that. A lot of times, it's from guys and gals that are like yogis. You know, they're they're kind of like, I, I get that they have their body put together well, but they don't necessarily have like a physique that I would be impressed by. But you're different because you know, you like it, like I said, you're based in this idea of alignment, but you're also like this big muscular powerful guy mm. and it makes me wonder like how'd you even get down this path you know like guys who get into martial arts guys who get into powerlifting it, it, you can kind of like see how the progression gets them there yeah how did you ever even come to be this like alignment guy i think that the pendulum is swung like my balls that you referred to yeah in, yeah, the, yeah.
0: in, the, in the song so it started off like Deep insecurity, which translated into just packing muscle on as, as fast as I possibly could. Had, like, strange home situations happening that made me want to just get, like, big and strong and show people that I've... Like, fat.
1: strange, like, family origin home?
0: My dad started smoking crack and was, like, went to, like, prison and gotten, like, prostitution, all sorts of weird stuff. Now he's doing really well. Um, Good but, for him, man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, like, full circle. Um, and during that time, there was, like what I deem to be an environmental stimulus that homes unstable. So I went to go for hyper-stability in my body. And then that went into like rigidity and then like explosion in the form of injuries. And then the the pendulum swung back towards, you know, more like rolfing and body work and dance and yoga and all that stuff. And then it kind of just oscillates back and forth.
1: You're you're a guy um, I respect in that regard because you're – I can't put a finger on like what you are. You're just someone who's really obsessive about like physical culture. Yeah? Mm. I mean, you like to move your body and you like to do it well. Yeah. And um, you're very open minded to a lot of things. So you'll, I mean, you'll hit a boxing class and a yoga class and do some, you know, Olympic lifts and do some, you know, yeah. kettlebell stuff. Like it doesn't. You're not really um, rigid about your ideas on what you're going to do. You just like to move. Yeah. I think it's it's adaptation is the thing that's
0: really interesting. So so. Asking a question of like, what is fitness mean? I think fitness is being able to pick up any sport or activity with quickness. You know, so if right now you're like, cool, let's go box. Let's go play kickball. Let's do ping pong. Let's wrestle. I would like to be able to have the the fundamental baseline mechanics Mm -hmm. to be able to apply to any of those different systems. And those fundamental baseline mechanics are teachable. You know, and that's what we created the Align Method book to try to take that golden thread that you'll see through various different fitness dogmas. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the consistencies in all of those different approaches? And uh, how can that relate to like normal people?
1: Right. And there is a through line. I mean, uh, even is. even between things that are seemingly quite opposite, you know, something like yoga and powerlifting, um, uh, many things are quite different about them, but there is a kind of a common through line with yeah. stuff that involves moving your body. Totally. Um, what what was it about kind of this comprehensive sense of bettering yourself that, that and, uh, again, something that I really respect, something I try to do with this podcast, it's not just about eating and, and lifting. I mean, I, I, I really have always used um, physical fitness, not as just a way to like look better or feel better. It was really making myself a better me overall, um, lowering my stress, you know, p- building my confidence, yeah. making me more in tune with who I was as a person. Um, what do you see, especially with like the five principles in the alignment method that makes it so special? Because when I say so special, I mean, people like Laird Hamilton, people like, you know, Wim Hof, these are people that are um, supporting and endorsing yeah. these five principles of the alignment method. So it's not like we're talking about some lightweights here. These are people that really understand um being in their own body yeah. and, and and being comfortable in their own skin, Wh- what is it about these principles and the Align Method that I think um, make them so relatable to building a better life outside of the gym, outside of the, the kitchen? Yeah. Well, so – I
0: mean, a couple things. One, five moon principles. That's mainly like the publishers demanding that I break it down into mm. some type of cookie cutter cookie cutter type model. Right. Uh, the book's like way more than that, you know. Sure. So five, the five moon principles is one of the sections, and that's essentially like if you do this stuff, it will create immediate change in your life and also long term impact, you know. And and then beyond that, the big conversation around the book is. Uh, how your physical movement impacts the way that you think, the way that you feel, you know, and outside of your gym time, literally like your whole day, you're doing fitness. And so while we're sitting here, there's all these opportunities in the room for us to work on our our own wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of us culturally, we just don't get any of that education. And we pour it all into the responsibility into like the Pilates class or the yoga class or, you know, the personal trainer or physical therapist, right? you know, but if we have the baseline mechanics, then like every moment beco- really comes, becomes an opportunity. And so one of those things that we could talk about that you'll see consistent in any practice would be just like learning how to cultivate power from your hips or like hinging from your hips. And so that's something that you'll see in you know, any obviously weightlifting and yoga and all that stuff. Right. Um, but you also see it in martial arts. You know, if you want to do a hip throw, you're not going to collapse your your thoracic spine and kind of roll forward. You're going to actually be able to leverage up from those hips and really be able to get that power into a person's into another person's hips. Right. And be able to throw them over top of you. So you're doing that hip hinge activity, it's just more dynamic in something like martial arts, but you'll see that consistent throughout any most any system. And so what you can start to cultivate is that awareness of like, okay, well, what about when I pick something up off of the ground? What about when I'm just sitting on a chair? What about when I'm like putting you know butter on bread, you know, cutting vegetables? All of those are opportunities that I can start to cultivate those baseline mechanics so that when the time does come to like pick up a you know, a barbell or hip throw or box yeah. or whatever it is. Those mechanics are, are so deeply infused into who I am. It's not a thing that I do. It's who I am. And right. So that's the thing that I'm really interested in, fitness. And I know that you've likely experienced this with like Muay Thai and various different martial arts where if you do it, I experienced this with, this with jujitsu. I, I was so obsessed with jujitsu that it felt like I was becoming jujitsu. Right. You know, so I'd see it anytime somebody would walk. I would like be watching how they're walking and think like, oh, I could like, you know, have a takedown from there. I mm-hmm. could do a throw from there.
1: Like, it would be like looking at people's joints. You know, it, was, it was very creepy and strange. Yeah, no, and you, you kind of almost think that that sounds silly until you experience it. But um, when I discovered Muay Thai and boxing both, it, I, I always used to make fun of my friends who were, like, practicing their golf swing when we'd be, like, waiting in line at a concert. And they're just like right. – because they're obsessive. They wanted to be a better golfer and they just love it so much. And they're sitting there, like, swinging their hips back and forth and, like, cracking at the wrist as they, in their backswing. And I'm like, what am I fucking dude doing? Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm that guy that every time I walk by a mirror, I'm, like, shadow boxing a little bit, like, mm-hmm. like trying to move – you know, swivel my, my thoracic so that I can get a better, you know, extension on my punches and stuff. It, so you do. You almost become – I don't want to say obsessive because that almost denotes a little bit of negative ideas, but you, 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 it encompasses you. It's more than just like something you do. It it, yeah. it kind of becomes who you are, like you said. Yeah. So I'm teaching people in the book really
0: simple baseline mechanics for how like you can begin encompassing you. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but you know every moment throughout the day, it's like there's an opportunity to to get inside of yourself in a mm-hmm. better way. Whereas a lot of people are more kind of working on disconnecting. You know, so I just want to, like, binge drink and kind of, like, you know, get high and just, like, pour my consciousness into a football game. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, I, the day was stressful. My, I have this stuff going on, bills, whatever. I just want to kind of get out of myself. right? You know, there's all these other options of how, well, what about if we get into ourselves enough that we actually really enjoy this, this human experience? Right. You know, because there is, just the way that you want to figure out that extension with a punch and all that stuff, like, you can figure that out of, like, what about my the mechanics of my breathing? You know, when I'm just sitting here having a conversation, I can be aware of, oh, wow, well, my, my breath, there's literally a one-to-one relationship of the way that I breathe uh, to the way that I feel, the way that I think, the way that my body produces its physiology, its hormones, its neurochemistry. So when my breath is stuck up in my clavicular territory and up in my upper chest and you know it's just all up like that. My diaphragm's not coming online. I'm not getting that 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 spaciousness and that movement and that traction in my lumbar spine and my organs. Um, and it's indicating to my nervous system that I'm under attack. Right. You know. So that's like, wow. That's that's pretty fucking trippy. You know. So I can change literally the production of my neurochemistry and my hormones just by gaining some semblance of awareness or relationship with my breath. It's like fuck. All right, I want more of that.
1: And it's way more effective than I think even people will believe because I I was the first guy to kind of be like, oh fuck that hippie stuff. Like, oh yeah, my breathing's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. Something that I naturally have learned how to do since the second I came out of the womb. It's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> right. But um, you know, working with Steve Maxwell, uh, a guy. I, oh, I love I, Steve. I, I respect I've him very on my podcast like twice. Yeah, I he's think. great and super super smart guy. And he he introduced me to the Oxygen Advantage and mm-hmm. and Wim Hof and these people who I think the Western world is just a little bit behind. it. A lot of people in the Eastern Bloc have been using um, breath as a way of manipulating their their state of mind and and their performance. For a long time now. And um, when he introduced me to that, you know, it really did make a gigantic difference, a gigantic difference, especially in things like surfing or combat sports where you're going to hit that fight or flight, where you're going to get – you know, it's totally understandable to get a little panicky. Um, If you can really calm yourself down and really focus on like deep inhales through the nose, like you said, in that lower part of the belly, a little bit lower than the thoracic area where we get panicky and kind of get our breathing up on our shoulders – um it makes a it makes a miraculous difference. Yeah, and not to mention if you are into like I'm kinda like
0: into bro stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like I wanna punch stuff and kick stuff and I wanna like run real fast and right. I wanna surf and you know, bang chicks like you referred to and yes. you know, all that stuff. You know, and so within that um, and respect chicks as well, of course.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I hope, honestly, I hope you, this isn't even a joke. I hope people understand that, y- yes, Aaron's like a like really, really good-looking guy with like a perfect physique. So he does very well with the chicks. But you're also, I mean, I've never talked to anyone when I wasn't around you that had anything negative to say about you. I mean, you're a very kind of um, respectful dude, which is, you know, which is actually a bit – surprising because I don't you know I don't want to talk out of school but we had a conversation the other night we you and I went out to dinner my wife was there and uh, I don't I definitely don't want to go into stuff that you, you feel on like anything after, you okay, can go yeah. anything yeah, yeah yeah but you were you were saying that you know for a guy who is quite successful with women you still have very evident um intimacy issues yeah, and and right. and that is not at all surprising for me like for me to have intimacy issues makes a lot of sense cuz I've always had just Tremendous self uh, self image problems and, and insecurities, and you know I was a, I was a very serious drug addict, and you see that play out. Um, but you always have since the day I met you, when uh, Matt Vincent introduced me to you and got you got me on your podcast. You always have such an air of confidence, mm. and, and like, and, and not like um, macho bullshit, chest thumping confidence. You just got a guy who carries yourself with such a confidence and like uh, composure that I would never in a million years have guessed that you have. Well, intimacy I think a lot problems. of that's
0: compensatory patterns you know the same way that like if my home felt unstable then i pack on a bunch of muscle i think it's a similar way like a lot of like the the culturally deemed prettiest people have i don't it's not a competition but it's not uncommon for them to have a whole plethora of complexes sure you know because the more that you put your mm, Self, you know, your somebodyness is like Ram Dass talks about. You familiar with Ram Dass stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he talks about like you know you you, you cultivate your somebody. Um, the more attached you are to your looks and the more applauded you are for that, or your money or your status or any of that stuff, uh, the more you pour yourself into that, uh, and that becomes a really slippery slope because that can all get taken away at any
1: time. And it doesn't matter. In the uh, of course, everyone likes to be able to pay their bills and feel comfortable. Yeah. But what I mean by it doesn't matter is, um, when you're on your deathbed, you're no. not going to care about the money you made or the or the uh, your status or the cars you drove. I mean, it's really going to boil down to the relationships you had and and yeah. your experiences. And so it's um, it's a it's a definitely a really dangerous thing that I've certainly experienced because, um, not only did I get like this weird. Feeling of like, oh, my gosh, people are complimenting me on my physique. But also, when I first got into radio, I was such a loser. I was such a, a – honestly, and I'm not trying to like blow smoke or, or try to search for compliments. But, you know, I was 17, 18, 19 years old. I was such a, a complete pile of shit that now I'm on the radio in Los Angeles with Kevin and Bean, these legends. And they're telling me I'm good at something. Mm. I became – obsessive about the idea of getting better on the radio because for for once people were telling me I was good at something yep. you know and it made me feel so good that I just completely just jettisoned anything that anything else in my life my my wife at the time my friendships with 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 males I just was became fucking obsessive yeah. about like getting better because like this felt so good. People were telling me I was good at something. hmm You I, know?
0: Yeah, I mean I think you're just looking or I'm we men, women, anybody, we're just looking for our, our, our role or our place in the in the tribe. Yeah. You know, in the community or whatever. And if you don't feel like you have a role, it's a real uncomfortable naked type feeling. Right. You know, so when you find something, you're like, Oh, like this is this is my purpose, this is what I do. Right. I think it makes total sense to really pour yourself into that. And then that's like one of the false summits. You know, there's gonna be a bunch of false summits along the way. Eventually you realize like, okay, I'm not just a radio host. You know, there's, I'm also a father. I'm also a friend. I'm also right. maybe a spiritual body, you know, that at some point I question, this is probably going to go into like the meadow weeds, but I question sometimes that this life experience is more of like a waiting room for something even more interesting. Sure. You know, and we become, the more attached we become to this physical experience and like, and that's what I'm saying. If you're like culturally deemed as like good looking, you know, or you're high up in the social hierarchy, I think it would cause a person to become more attached to this. Yeah. Yeah. This corporeal here experience, absolutely, which then that would probably lead into some type of uncomfortable sensation around the idea of like leaving this body. Right. So I almost feel like by almost I mean completely feel like every day in a sense can be like an opportunity to 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 practice uh, letting go of all this shit. Right. You know, and if you can live for more of that place of like, take it or leave it, you know, like, you know, it's like Victor Frankl, man, search for meeting. Are you familiar with that? Absolutely. God? Yeah. You know,
1: my wife introduced me to that. You know. Yeah, it's great. Any any, any of the like more positive explorations of masculine energy, um, I have my wife, Bianca, to thank for because she really like she went out and got me like David Data books and, mm. and Victor Frankl stuff. You know what I'm cool. saying? Because I, I think that it's really t- we're in a tough spot here. Um, dudes are. And I don't mean that like I'm not trying to play comparison. Obviously I women have dealt with a lot more discrimination, I think. But we're in a rough spot because a lot of times even just the idea of masculinity is kind of demonized at this point because of like toxic the Me Too. Yeah, yeah. And and the reality is it's not all masculinity is toxic, by not even close, you know? Um Positive masculinity is something that we should all kind of search for and, and
0: embrace you with know? women as well. Just because yeah. you got a you know vagina or penis or whatever, it's like being able to swing that that testicular pendulum back and forth yeah. each side. Um, joking about the testicular part. People didn't hear the beginning part. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, balls, I implore you to go back to the beginning the of must, this interview.
0: The balls must swing. Um, my uh, my headphones though on the left side just got funny. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I can I can deal with let's it. See, maybe let's see, follow try. that
1: cord, See if that helps at
0: all. Oh, uh, look we're back in there. Okay, good a little noozle thing. Bam, we're in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think on on both sides, I think it's like it's a it's a good sensation to be able to, um, you know, get your shit together, be assertive, you know, and be able to maybe puff your chest out sometimes and be like a gorilla and pound and you know a peacock or whatever. It's good to be able to build a fire, you know. It's yeah. good to be able to do all chop wood. You know, pick something heavy up in your veins. Like feel that. Yeah. You know, I, I, and not I, be ashamed of that. And the same thing, it's really good to be able to to listen and to nurture sure. and to, you know, I don't know, and not, rub not, coconut oil in your skin. Like nurture yourself. Like not you always those
1: sides. look to answer things. Like I found that that's one kind of – I don't want to say universally masculine thing, but I, I think a lot of guys – we're always trying to solve a problem and sometimes my wife just wants me to listen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I, I get yeah. so deductive about things. Well, so I was like, well, if if you went to that audition and this happened, then maybe you should do and my wife's like, No, I don't I don't need you to solve this problem. Yep. You know? And it is kind of mansplaining, you know, and you know that's kind of a trite terminology nowadays, but I do. I end up she she just wants me to listen you know and and uh, i i think a lot of times guys kind of struggle with that yeah that's yeah. one of the biggest lessons i think the
0: more confident a person can become the less words end up coming out of their face yeah whereas we think it's the opposite we're like wow that guy's just talking up a storm and they're you know you're they're yelling and puffing their chest out it's like a lot of times that person's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and like if you, if you in this conversation put me into a place where I'm like, oh, I think I'm talking shit. I don't really know what I'm talking about. You might notice I'll start maybe talking faster uh, when we start using like more polysyllabic words. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it seems
1: from the outside it's like, oh, they've got it together. It's like, oh, no, no, like I think silence is powerful. It absolutely is, and it takes a lot of balls to do it. You know, I, yeah, I communicate confidence. for a living, so it's hard sometimes for me to get a realistic view on it. Mm. You know, it's different. You know, than someone who doesn't talk for a living. But um, absolutely, if you're if you're, I always said. I really, really want to be someone that talks in a way that it makes me enjoyable to listen to me, and I really, really want to listen in a way that it makes it enjoy makes it enjoyable to talk to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I, you know, it's not that easy. Sometimes it's yeah. not that easy. Like it, it's, you can work on your eloquence, and you can work work on being more well informed and become a better broadcaster, become a better communicator. But you got to really work on becoming a good listener. Some yeah. people are not that. I think know?
0: with everything, it just takes reps. You know so yeah. it, i think reps of listening like literally just directly doing that like i'm going to find I really want
1: to say something but i'm just I'm
0: going to I'm going to focus my breath for a moment mm-hmm. you know and here and it's amazing what happens when you do give a person more spaciousness c- to communicate cuz they'll start saying things that they never would have had it would not had it been just like two monologues going yeah. back and forth which is something that i experienced like hosting a podcast you know getting out of the way of okay I, at some point This mofo is going to stop talking, you know, and I need to to be loaded. (laughs) I need to have a thing, you know, and and when you do that, you can end up missing the experience. It's just more pressure if you're doing a podcast because it's being recorded, you know, but it's the same thing in any daily conversation. It is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like jujitsu in that if you're, planning the move you're going to do regardless of what your opponent's doing you're you're sunk you got to kind of play by ear a little bit more because if you know i i've certainly made that mistake many times interviewing people where i'm just so oftentimes i'm nervous look i I don't really get nervous with celebrities i get nervous with people who are way smarter than me Mm. and i do i get i get kind of flustered sometimes if we've talked to someone you know an mit scientist or or on love line we used to have you know certain politicians or, or people who are you know, doctors in certain sciences that were going to come on and talk about behavioral stuff, I kind of get weirded out. I think you know? with
0: those things, it's very helpful to be able to uh, just not try to compete. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, And that's something that, again, that I, I experienced of like – I think the first two years of me recording my podcast, I was – it was all about me and it was about asserting to the guest and anyone – that was listening, that I was super smart. Mm-hmm. And now when I listen back to that, I like want to vomit. Because I'm just like, oh no, no, like shut up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like stop. You know, because no, totally. you know, I think it's it's a way more intelligent thing to do is is to um, create a container or a space for another person to be able to express their most authentic selves. Right. You know, ideally you get to the end of any meaningful conversation and you're both like, whoa. Oh, like I don't know what happened there, but that was cool. Yep. You know, as opposed to it being more of this like prostitution thing where, you know, I'm going to ask you questions about your book or whatever and then you're going to give me these statistics and this and that and just purge this rote bullshit that you've said over
1: and over again. Right. But there's a way to do that too, I think in a in a, well, in a, a healthy way. You, yeah, you want to yeah, sprinkle in both. Because I want I want to promote your book, for instance. I want Oh yeah, right. People, let's talk about the book. I do. Let's I go. want people to buy the <laughs> alignment method. I want people to listen to your podcast. <laughs> I want that out of this this um this interview. But at the same time that's not my that's not my main goal but I definitely that's an objective that's a priority of 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 talking to people like you. Um so it's it is a it's a hard mixture but I will say, you know, as far as going back and listening to your first couple podcasts and and being like, "Oh, this is miserable." Anybody who is a prof- is a professional unscripted entertainer, if you say you don't do that, you're fucking lying or you're ill. You're you just Ill. haven't evolved. You're ill yeah. because everyone sucks at the beginning. <laughs> if you don't suck at the beginning, you're not being honest. You're just not being honest. <laughs> everyone from Stern to Jimmy Kimmel have said, they're like, oh, I can't even, can't even look at my first couple shows. And, and I, I think do. it's a great thing to
0: acknowledge that, like, we both suck right now compared to ourselves in five years. Sure. I hope so. You know, I hope, I hope so. so. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's like, fuck.
1: If you look at it from that angle, it's like we all suck. You're like, all right. Well, that takes some of the pressure off. <laughs> well, getting back to something you mentioned that I think is important is like it's not a competition. Right. You know, but I I spent so many – day uh, something that I really discovered in the last couple of years and something that I really want to impart on the listeners with this podcast is that I definitely used to lift weights so that I could be stronger than that guy. Yeah. I definitely used to go to the gym so that I could look better for that chick. It was all about like – constructing these outside validations that I had to, to check off. And it's like, I need to bench more. than I need to deadlift more than this dude. I need to have better abs than that guy. So chicks want me. Yep. And it, and I, I never really got to a healthy place until I started to get in a competition with the old me. Hmm. That was the only competition I could be in. It's like, I'm just going to make sure I'm better today than I was yesterday. That's hmm. it. That yeah. was my only, and, and it, it made me feel a lot better. It kept me going in a lot more healthy way. And, I, and, you know, it just wasn't I, – I can't be obsessive about, like, looking better than that dude or looking good for that chick. It's yeah. just – There's also a big misconception that uh, a
0: body that is, like, looks like The Rock – nothing against The Rock. He seems like a really sweet guy. But um, that body isn't, like, a healthy body for most people. Right. You know, and, and a body that's does – is just, like, permanently eight-pack abs. Yeah. Like, that could be a scared boy or girl behind that sure that they're putting all of this guarding and masking of contracting themselves into this position this like static state of defense um but the strongest body like kind of like it'd be more of like a bruce lee type body sure or maybe like a well conor mcgregor seems like he's he's he is pretty defensive as well i think actually but um that but mean, he's also he's also more of like a, from the, in the bruce lee category where you can soften up mm-hmm. deeply and then go hard AF as well. Yeah, you know. So the back to the pendulum, it's like this reoccurring thing in this in this conversation. Like the pendulum for a healthy body sh- ought to be able to go hard to one side, and then the same uh, with the same amount of uh, you know, distance go to the other opposite direction. So soft hard, soft hard, same thing like throwing a punch. Right. You know. So you need to be able to create that leverage and that strength and that support from your midsection to be really hard. To be able to have something to leverage off of,
1: but at some point you need to let the punch snap. Has to relax, yeah. Yep. That was one thing I learned. That I I learned many things from this man, but I one thing that really always fascinated me. Uh, two things. I worked with Nick Curson at Speed of Sport in the South Bay here in, in Southern California, and he works with high level athletes specifically for athletic performance. So it's strength and conditioning in a non traditional way. He's working to really develop proprioception and and, and explosiveness and power. Um, we never used a weight over like three or four pounds. It was all of really harnessing the stretch reflex. And I honestly never gave enough thought to the fact that, like you said, it's great for muscles to contract. But any athletic movement, any movement, you also need to be able to know when and how to relax in yep. a proper way. Yeah. And um, it's, it's tough.
0: It's, it's tough. interesting. So mentioning like, like um, Connor McGregor. Um, you could see what I was saying. He's more of like a defensive, like perma defensive mode. Um, that was my perception of him uh, previously. Mm-hmm. Now in this last kind of like, he kind of like it seems like he he realized he was he was kind of pushing things yeah. and is like, oh fuck, I'm gonna like fall off here if I don't kind of come back into somewhere that's a little bit more more balanced. Yeah, definitely. The new then, Connor's likable. Like, it's very interesting. So yeah. his last fight with Cowboy he came in and if you notice his his breath and his posture and his temperament is more like wow like the pendulum kind of went softer yeah you know and like if you're able to be in neutral occupy that neutral gear be like dude i'm confident as fuck and you know i just i feel good i feel supported i feel resourced like i can just sit here i don't need to prove anything to you right that's a position that is sustainable but if you're in a place of like kind of like the you know the flash in the pan like rah, all the time like you can only do that for so long i know you know and so if your every press conference is that way and every media thing is that way and every it's like every instagram thing is that way it's like well at some point i mean i'm sure you had like a deep rest practice as well um but that will fall apart you know and it's it's just a matter of of when yep you know and then what you'll find typically with a smart person like connor's like incredibly adaptable um he's able to course correct And now he's in this place of like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to kind of organize myself
1: and come with more of this like silent confidence. Right. It's very fascinating to watch. Using aggression and anger and rage and and, um, like you said, that that kind of red line energy, um, it's really hard because it's so effective. For a little bit, mm-hmm. it's just not sustainable. I always like to say it's like a Snickers bar in comparison to like a sweet potato. Yeah, you know it. it you can do that, and it's so, it's so hard to kind of switch yourself out of it because in the beginning it's so effective. Yeah. to just go uh, fuck it. I'm you know I'm going to take no prisoners. Go go go. Type A. I'm ambitious. I'm aggressive. I'm blah blah blah, and it works mm-hmm. until it doesn't. Yeah,
0: you know, it's just not sustainable, and that's what you were expressing, and I was expressing probably like slightly different flavors, but um, you know, of like sh- I'm stronger than that guy, and right. like the machismo in the in the the book we call it the the swall archetype, mm-hmm. like swall guy, you know, so like shoulders back, chest puffed out. You know, and it's from the – if you would just look at that person from more of like an uneducated lens, you might think he's like a cocky jerk or something like that. But you'd think like, wow, he's got his shit together. Mm -hmm. You know, but then what you don't realize with that if you look deeper is in order to pull those shoulders back and do that puff chest thing, they have to create instability in the lower back. You know, and the ribs start to flare and they actually just take what you see. They say from what what you see here from like nipples up, I look great. But what I'm actually doing is I'm stuffing all that instability down lower where you don't see it. It's still there. So if we can start to look at the body more holistically and say, okay, like what's the organization of the feet in relation to the knees, to pelvic floor, pelvis, all the way up through the spine, shoulders, head. You know, now how's your breath? How's your gait pattern? You know, how do you communicate body language? Mm -hmm. How do you sit throughout the day? Then it's like okay, now I think we're actually having like a meaningful conversation. But as long as they're just like okay, just so long as people look at me from pecs up, I'm good. Um, we're we're just missing a lot,
1: right? And and um, the more muscular people are, sometimes often they're the most imbalanced. And and to to be masterful, uh, oftentimes in certain strength sports, creates like common imbalance. You know, for instance, like. Um, Powerlifters and Olympic lifters, you know that their upper trap, you know that thoracic area yeah. is so fucked up, and, and grapplers, the lumbar is so fucked up, and you you know in a, in a in a in a in this quest to become masterful in one area, you compromise a lot of others. Yeah, that's where adaptability comes in. Yeah,
0: you know, I want to be able to play with a little kid. I want to play tag. You know, I want to be able like wrestle my kids or my friend's kids or want to be able to like, oh, but play with a dog. I want to play ping pong. I want to climb a tree. I want to be able to run real quick, you know, as opposed to being just a deeply specialized athlete that, you know, unless you're making millions of dollars, you know, I I don't think it's it's that worth it. I mean, it's 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 great. It's fine. If that's if that's what floats your boat, like do whatever makes you happy. Um, But you'll see that with uh, youth especially. When they become obsessive about a single sport, they'll shoot up. They'll accelerate and, and progress like faster than anybody else at a young age, but then they'll reach this kind of plateau period and almost like a collapse because they haven't integrated that full proprioceptive matrix right. around all of those joint angles and all the dynamic movement and ballistic movement and you know just all of the different ways that a body can move by slipping in mud and playing in leaves and playing capture the flag and wrestling and
1: weightlifting and sprinting and you know whatever. Or or just frankly, I what I'm starting to see in kids a lot nowadays, which I think is a shame, is this kind of unisport specialization mm-hmm. at a young age. Yep. You know, and, and if you really look at high level athletes, you know, professional baseball players oftentimes we're really good football players and, yep. and we're really good back and there's a huge benefit to Learning how to play volleyball and do that well. If you're a basketball player and wrestle, if you're a f- an offensive lineman, uh, but you know, so many kids nowadays with like these specialized coaches and these, yeah. I, I think parents are making a huge mistake. If you look at you know Vasiliy Lomachenko, he took years off from boxing to become a high level dancer, mm. and his footwork is better than any boxer Everybody on is. the planet. I mean, so this idea of becoming a more well rounded athlete, I, I think. It speaks to your idea of just becoming a comprehensive physical unit. Yeah, I've you know? experienced this with uh, dance and and, and playing
0: mm-hmm. guitar as well. I'm, a, I'm like a, a, a really shitty guitarist, um, but I can play you know a handful of kind of songs. that yeah. are like, oh, it sounds like you play the guitar. Right. Interesting. Cool. But if you actually put me in any situation where we're just like freestyling or whatever, I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm lost. You know, so I don't have that 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 the, the matrix hasn't been integrated well enough. You know, mm-hmm. So I've learned a couple songs that I can impress you with, but as far as like just doing something that's like, like more jazz-based, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm completely lost. I right. experienced that with dance as well, doing like – I did bachata. I was on like a bachata dance team performance thing, and I could do these few bachata performances like really well. It looked like, Whoa, like you're like a dancer. I'm like, nope, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I am not, sir. <laughs> this song with this girl with this exact choreography, I could fake it. Yeah. Um, but I'm way more interested in like how can we start to – it's a lot like languages. you know? How can we start to you – know, if I learn one language, then I'll, I'll try to just like force that language in other places. you know? But if I learn three languages, that all of a sudden makes it easier to learn fourth. Mm-hmm. If I learn four, then the fifth gets even easier. Right. After that, you're like, oh, I kind of get this language thing. Well, it's very similar to this movement thing. You know, so your movement could be is, – is analog to, to speaking
1: a language. And if right. you learn diversity, it just makes life more interesting. What, how bad is it? Because I've heard experts say you know, sitting is the new smoking. Is that a realistic appraisal? I mean because l- Lord knows anyone who's got a half a brain knows that sitting all day is probably not the best thing to do. But is it as detrimental to like American health as, as we're told?
0: No, so so James Levine's the guy. that We reference that in the book. Um, you know, so it's not s- sitting is a, a, a natural, beautiful part of being a human. You're gonna in any hunter gatherer tribe, you're gonna sit. You have to figure out what to do with the meat that you got. You're gonna have to figure. Remember, we're gonna sew some stuff, or we're you know we're gonna sit and just play with kids for a while. You know, nurse my child, whatever. Like you're gonna sit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not the sitting. It's the way in which you sit. Um, so if you are sitting in a position that is chronically collapsed, like, you know, sitting on like thinking like lazy boy couch or even any like bucket seat car or most seats in your, you know, in your office, they kind of the head juts forward, the shoulders roll forward, the spine goes in this hyperkyphotic kind of collapsed position, the pelvis rolls under like a like a dog that's getting like swat by newspaper, you know, so it's, it's, like, you know, it's just kind of the sad defeated position, right? That has neurochemical and hormonal implications when you're in those positions it's literally indicating to your nervous system at a deeper level um almost like think of like anchoring a song anchoring is an nlp neurolinguistic programming term when you hear a certain song maybe before muay thai or boxing or something like that there's certain music that you might have that you play with regularity mm-hmm. that you're like oh fuck yeah like i'm ready to just crush a bag you're like, sure. like i'm feeling it You've literally anchored those musical notes as being a, a stimulus for your body to change your state and to like go. You know, there might be like sexy time music, a playlist that you have with your wife, or Mostly you know, whatever. Slayer, yeah, yeah exactly, slayer, whatever yeah. it may be. You know, so we have we do a similar thing with our physical movement patterns. where We anchor certain positions ever since you were a you know a, you're probably a fetus, but like a little person. Uh, when you feel sad or scared, your position will go into a certain. You know, so like, if you've ever done any kind of improvisation or acting or anything like that, like be sad. You're like, okay, cool. I'm not going to puff my shoulders up. I'm not sure. going to open my facial expressions up. I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. Well, now look at someone checking their Instagram notifications or their emails and their cell phone. If you pull that phone out, and which there's a, a, a photographer that did that, he photoshopped the phone out, and you look at that person, you see like what would conceive to be like a, a sad animal. You're like, oh shit! Like, what's going? Are you okay? i like, I check my messages, man. It's all good. No, it's all good. Cool. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so we have – there's physiological, mental, emotional ramifications for your postural patterns that we don't acknowledge for the most part, which is why I wrote the book. Um, but then it's very interesting that depression is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. You know, so we talk about the lights or the EMF or loneliness or technology or whatever. Um, but I think there's a a, a deficit in the, the movement conversation around the way that we feel. You know, and so sitting is the new smoking, kind of. Uh, but it's about how you do it with what uh, consistency you're doing it. And that's the big thing is we, we've repetitively done the same position over and over again. Ever since, you know, you were a, a, a small child being put into a stroller, you know, and then you go into a car seat and then you go into kindergarten you're hunched over your desk and then all the way through until finally you're ready for a cubicle you know and that's when it becomes really problematic
1: yeah absolutely and it's and it's tough because we don't you know i 50 60 years ago the overwhelming majority of people were blue collar and there was a handful of people that worked white collar jobs where they sat now it is completely the opposite technology has made it so like i i, I you know i very rarely meet people that turn wrenches or or, or mm-hmm. electricians or you do things that even you know in oftentimes even when they are like a UPS man or, or a sparklets guy, um, you're sitting a lot before you out, go out and do that movement. But you know our, our grandparents' generation, most people moved a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so it's hard, especially without a draftable. Um, populace, um the government doesn't really give a shit yeah. if we're sitting and, and hurting and, and fat and depressed and you know and there's no, there's a big difference between moving a lot and concentrating
0: that into a single dose. You know, so say like a big blowout crossfit workout or soul cycle or something like that. And then being a sedentary the rest of the day. Right. Compared to uh, dividing that CrossFit workout or soul cycle into instead of it being okay one hour and a half, I just murder myself at, you know, seven PM in this dark class. It's like what if we take that hour and a half and we distribute five minutes in the morning and then five minutes and an hour later and then five <laughs> We blow that up throughout the day. Right. That's the way that the human body actually functions optimally. You know, so you can think of your body, and there's all sorts of research we have in the book from NASA and various different places, um, that indicates that the body does best when it gets little, like, titrates or drops of fitness. It's throughout like the microdosing
1: day. exercise. Almost. It's microdosing exercise. I've heard uh, Pavel yeah. Satsulin talk about it, and, and Ben Greenfield's a, a big fan. You know, he'll he's always – Recommending people get a, a push up, you know, push up workout in for every twenty minutes. You know, do the chin ups. As it just you needs by. to be anything. It really
0: doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. You know, and so then I would I would go beyond that and say, um, so you're paying attention to your you know your push up thing or your deadlift thing or whatever. Now, can we bring that attention out a little bit and say, okay, how did I grab the barbell? How did I grab the plate? You know, and then, okay, cool, sweet, interesting. So that's, okay, the fitness goes beyond the exercise. It's actually grabbing the plate. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Let's keep that same idea. And let's say, how did you grab the doorknob of the gym when you came in? You're like, oh, interesting. So I got the protraction, the shoulder, and then a little retraction. Then I got this little twist. I activate my core a little bit to get leverage. You know That's the similar to grab, reaching out and grabbing a lapel. Yeah. You know If I'm thinking about I'm reaching out, grab that lapel. I'm going to get my elbow in. I'm going to get strong. It's like, oh, interesting. So I pay attention to that. There's mechanics to that. Okay, how did I get into my car? Okay, how do you know? Go all the way back through the rest of the day, you know. And now you're like, well, now we're talking, you know. Now it's like your whole life becomes this aggregate of opportunities, as opposed to it being this thing that I do for you know, three hours a week. Right, right.
1: Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of like the. I, I walk all day, you know, and I don't. When I say I walk all day, I don't mean. I'm living in New York City and I'm walking literally all day but I I make sure I get like my 10 minute walks in four or five times a day mm. every day it's like it that just helps me that's my big thing Stan efforting and, and the Bell Brothers have definitely been proponents of that and I and, I, and it just works for me yeah getting my steps in instead of doing one one hour walk where I get ten thousand steps I get four or five where I get 600 yep. and it's it, also
0: helpful for brain function yes the, the consolidation of memories and just like you see when you see like you know like a brain on drugs like a brain on walking it's lit up like you're you're turning all those circuits, you know. So if you're sitting and you're hunching over your computer and you're doing some stuff or you're, whatever, you're just sitting in place, um, that's fine. You know, it puts you into more of a, like a, a convergent thought pattern where you're you're better with with inside the box type thinking. Um, but a couple things. One, if you want to be more creative, it might be good to throw in some dance music and kind of like wiggle your hips a little bit. Mm-hmm. might be a good idea, and there's a bunch of research in the book about this as well, um, of using more fluid movements with your hands. So people that would go through more like fluid when they're writing something like in cursive, for example, which is starting to be beneficial for creativity, uh, when you go through that wavy type motion, it literally sends a signal to your brain that, oh, okay, let's, let's go a little bit more outside of the box, a little more circular thought. If I'm just like, you know adolf hitler you march down the, like in this line it's like okay like s- stand in line yeah. just be told what to do you, you wouldn't see this although i actually saw, i was watching a thing with hitler uh, i think like last night and he had kind of a flamboyant wave
1: oh there's a lot of like pretty there's a lot of pretty <laughs> they're not baseless there's a lot of conspiracy theories about Hitler being gay that you know there, well he had a lot of genital some, trauma he had a lot of general trauma and he surrounded himself like his like his his close personal guards he had to handpick them and they were all these like strapping beautiful blonde Aryan you know like Ken doll guys and he I mean, made yeah. sure and if you looked at his um, his living quarters they were all filled with like a bunch of like statues of dudes, like, naked. Yeah, so... Well, so he had issues. I I listened to the first
0: quarter of his autobiography, and he had issues with uh, women. He, like, never hooked up with anybody growing up, and there was, like, this one girl that he was obsessed with, apparently, but he, like, never had the balls to talk to her. Yeah. That's kind of a pun, because apparently he only had, like, one nut. He also had, uh it's called dyspadia, I think, Hyper hyperspadia, I think is what it's called, where his urethra points down instead <laughs> of straight out. And so he had all this, like, weird genital stuff. So sex was, like, a big complex for, for Adolf, which uh. I think... And then when you see cultures, there's a, a guy called James Prescott that I don't think we mentioned in the book, but I wanted to. Um, I think we took it out. But he uh, studied various different tribes around the world, just cultures in general, and uh, compared the level of, of touch that they had growing up as kids, uh, and also the openness with sexuality as adolescents and just kids in general. So cultures that it's like, yeah, that's your penis. You know, at some point you'll put it into a vagina and you guys will like share this experience together. and It's like beautiful, um, you know, and like regularly we're passing kids around and like, oh, like you can nurse my child or like, oh, he's crying. Like, help him. It's fine. People that come up in more of a place like that where it's just more of like this kind of like, you know, bohemian free love type type approach like hunter gather. Um, they're much less warring. You know, so they don't end up having this like beef with other cultures because they don't really – have as much to prove. Right. But if you grow up and you have this disconnection and there's this kind of strangeness around sexuality, um, and then you're like ashamed of your, you know, your one of your more like precious parts of your body, sometimes that will lead to some type of like deep, dark compensation
1: manifesting. Yeah. AKA, I will take over the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, we can't really question like Hitler wasn't a well-adjusted person. There's, no, you know, he... A lot of people become power hungry, but you don't go. I'm just going to take over the world. I'm going to eliminate an entire religion. I'm going to murder it. A That's deep, deep insecurity. I mean, there's yeah. something. Um, but you Have know, you've
0: seen this flamboyant wave. Well, and
1: what I always, you know, again, and I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not Johnny Carson, but I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a guy who talks for a living, communicates for a living. Everyone was like, "Well, you have to understand, he was quite quite charismatic and he was it was very easy for him to manipulate people." But I've never seen Hitler giving a speech where he wasn't like "The <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like st- That's silver tongued devil. Oh jeez. He's always like <laughs> I've never once heard him like be this amazing Orator, you know, he just screams. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that sets something off in people, though. Yeah. You know, it could be if people want to feel more of uh, like a domination, aggression type part of themselves. Like, I think that there is Hitler and Mother Teresa, which she had her own shit, actually, and Gandhi and the homeless guy, you know, doing heroin in the street right now. Like, all of those, I think they're all inside of all of us. Like if it can be expressed somewhere else, then I think that
1: that's, you know, within yeah. me as well. I forgot who was who said that empathy isn't seeing you in me. It's seeing myself in you. Mm. you know. It in, in naughty. The, it is. <laughs> I I like see my, I I I've that. often <laughs> seen myself in you, Aaron. <laughs> um, dude, let's wrap things up. I, honestly, it was a fantastic conversation. I really sincerely appreciate it. Yeah. And I can't uh, recommend your book enough. Um, the Align Method. By Mr. Aaron Alexander who is uh, has been our guest uh with a forward forward by one of the foremost authorities on movement and mobility dr Kelly Slarrett. 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 I, I like that um you got some uh you got some backing from like I said Laird Hamilton and Wim Hoff and Rob Wolf, the man the paleo man himself, of course Aubrey Marcus, everyone's friend from on it uh gabby Reese um Dr, I'm, I'm, dr. I'm, dr. Perlmutter no no he's, he's my he's my man,
0: yeah. Oh, I love Dr. P. Yeah. He's great. He's one of the kindest dudes. Like, he's like, I very much value people that are that remain their their, their dudeness or, you know, for women, whatever the, the version of that for, for a female would be, as they go through and become this, like, prominent thought leader. He's yeah. Like, he's got, like, I don't know how many number one New York Times bestsellers. And he's, like, known all around the world. And if anybody could be – have the right to be, like, an arrogant cunt – it would be Doctor Perlmutter, you know. And when you meet him, he's just—he's just a dude. He's a dude. He just wants to go
1: fishing and get on a sailboat. He's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Yeah, fucking love Dr. that. Perlmutter. No, it that is. It's really admirable, <laughs> you know. You can when you see that it's—it's it's something I think we all love in 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 celebrities or people, public figures in general. I mean, it's like there's a reason why Arnold or La or Chris Pratt—they're—they're they're the people that end up being like these everyone's favorite stars because you, you kind of see an everyday dude in them yep. even though they're these superstars you know like the rock likes tequila and pumping mm-hmm. iron and you know muscle car like you know you're like okay i can, I can get behind that you know yeah um where else can people get information on you uh give the socials mm, everything's a line podcast aligm podcast
0: so that's the that's the thing i've been doing for the last five years and it's been uh has been a real treat have you on there i don't yeah. think like a a year ago or something like that? No, longer than that, I think. Wim Hof. Most of the people they mentioned have been on there. And um, yeah, everything's line Podcast. And then there's like an online program that's like the addendum to the book. But the Aligned Method book is the thing that I care most about right now.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I really do recommend it because whether you are, you know, macho buff guy like me or you're someone who um, just wants to improve your quality of life because we are all imbalanced uh, in some way shape or form um, Aaron Aaron's a real specialist in the sense that like I said at the beginning, when people focus on mobility or stability or movement patterns and things like that oftentimes you're looking at you know the girl who's a size zero or the guy who's 110 pounds and like the yogi build but Aaron really understands like comprehensive human movement. And how to apply it to things like you know having nice broad shoulders and having a nice having a nice deadlift and throwing a nice punch, um, things that are more applicable to um, kind of that that more confident look and and performance level that I think most people are looking for. So, um, the Align Method again is the book. Aaron, um, thank you, dude. Thank you again to Aaron Alexander. The book is The Align Method, Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. It's a good dude. I like him a lot. Um, It is now time for my closing remarks. Oftentimes called. Mike's monologue. Ah, yes. I get a lot of questions from people who say, "Um, hey, Mike, uh, I'm interested mostly in losing weight. I don't really want to get big and bulky, you know, I don't want to get big and bulky. So um, I'm just going to. Devote myself mostly to cardio, okay? Because I'm 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 want to get shredded. I don't really want to get bigger, so it's just gonna be cardio for me, right? Yeah, that's what I should do. I get that question a lot. No, 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 no. It's not true. And I'm not a demagogue. I'm not trying to say that lifting weights is everything. But when it comes to being healthy and looking better, it is close to everything. This notion that lightweights or cardio are more effective for toning up as opposed to um, heavier weights, wrong. And that's why a lot of people out there, I I, I, I actually get upset, not not angry at you. I get upset for you because you're working so hard. You're putting so much effort into exercise five, six days a week and you're doing – You know, constant treadmill work and the elliptical and the blah, 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 and you're not seeing the results you want. You're just sometimes becoming either more fat, which is very realistic, or you're becoming a smaller version of what you are now and you're just skinny fat. I see this with females so much. They're just so reluctant to get under heavy weight and the reality is, and I want you to listen to this. I would never, ever, ever hammer home ideas that aren't absolutely bankable. And this is one that you can listen to and understand. Your training dictates your composition. Your food dictates your size. The end. You can lift all the weights you want all day. If you're not eating a caloric surplus, you are not going to get bigger and buffer. This notion that by virtue of simply getting underneath a barbell, you ladies are going to become these big, bulky, monstrous maniacs. You're going to look like a female bodybuilder. It's insane. How many women? I want you to go to the gym. I want you to go to an endurance event, some type of marathon or something like that. See how many people cross the finish line that look like shit I'm not in any way trying to disparage endurance sports I have a huge 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 amount of respect for people who run marathons who do triathlons who do ironman whatever it may be if you're into um if you're into endurance sports I I commend you I'm not trying to be that guy that says get on my team or not what I want to hammer home is that if your main goal is to look good naked Running long distance is going to do fuck all. Your kickboxing class, your cardio kickboxing class and your spinning, it's going to do fuck all. It's going to burn some calories and I give you that. And if you're dieting and trying to lose weight, go ahead and continue to do it. But if you are not doing resistance training and you are not eating a diet that is geared towards making you look better, that is geared towards muscle retention and fat loss as opposed to just weight loss... You're not going to look better, man or woman, old or young. If you want to look better, lift weights, get stronger. This is the way I like to – this is how I like to put it. Obviously, strength isn't everything. But if having a good body is surfing, being strong is being a good swimmer. If you went out today – and you wanted to learn how to surf, but you can't swim very well, surfing's not going to be very easy to do. In fact, it's probably impossible. If you, right now, want to make a beautiful physique for yourself, but you're weak, you're not going to do that. Okay? You're not. And you can increase your lung capacity, your aerobic capacity, your power endurance, all of that, without ever really making a dent into your physique. And I, I I just say I say this not with any agenda. I say this because I see so many people waste energy and focus and they get discouraged. No, there's nothing more discouraging than lack of results. Am I right? And I don't I don't in any way fault you or 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 want to tell you not to get disappointed. Getting disappointed is part of anything that's worth doing. You're gonna get disappointed because things aren't gonna go your way sometimes. Getting disappointed, not a big deal. Getting discouraged, it really is. And if you go out and you're like, I'm going to run my fucking marathon and so that I could have a beautiful sick – you know, I get this one. Mike, I want your body. I want your body, uh, obviously from guys. Dude, what do I do to get your body? Um, right now, you know, I'm 220 pounds. I'm ten, so, you know, I got a lot of weight to lose. So I'm just going to do some cardio because I don't want to get big. I don't want to get big, you know. Or I want to look like Christian Bale in Batman. Or I want to look like uh, – I want to look like Zac Efron, but uh, you know I don't ever lift weights, um, so I don't want to look like The Rock or anything. I just want to look like Zac Efron in Baywatch. Have you seen that physique? Yeah, so I don't really have to worry about lifting weights because I just want to get shredded. I'll do some push-ups or something. Nah, not how it works. You don't have muscle. You're not having shit. Okay? So do that. That's why I recommend the 5x5 program so much because unless you're an absolute advanced level power lifter, the 5x5 five five program is so easy to understand and so effective at getting you stronger, building competence in getting stronger, which opens up so many doors for you, gives you more muscle mass, gives you more ability to get under some real weight, and then you can start really carving out a great body, even if your goal is just to be leaner, okay? So that's that's my, my rant for today. Thank you to Aaron Alexander. thank you to everybody who tuned in and everybody who subscribes. I really do appreciate you and thank you to everybody who wrote me su- such nice messages and um, gave me such great reviews on the first couple episodes. man, it really really means a lot to me. I, I can't I can't explain that to you like I just I have nothing without you people that are so supportive and helpful. Um, so yeah, thank you. and uh, as always at Mike Catherwood at Mikey likes you one. Those are my socials for both Twitter and Instagram. Um DM me, give me your questions. I'm here to help. I really am. I can't promise I'll get back to you quickly because I get a lot, but I really do want to help people. That's my goal. So it's a bit philanthropic, but it's also a bit selfish. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to say like to get those messages like, "Man, this really helps. Oh my gosh, thank you for taking time out of your day to help me." I like that. It makes me feel good. So, you know, do me a favor. I'll do you a favor. It, it works out. Uh, that is Mikey Likes You. Assalamualaikum. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.